You are listening to the Fresh Take Network. Fresh Take Network. We do actually still exist, believe it or not. Joshua, Adam, William, I'm that with the talented, sexy, dangerous, Devonier. Everyone has left me. Everyone except for fucking you. It's Devin Seal. Yeah, man. We go back 10 years. Well, nine point something, but, you know, close enough. Who's counting? We're back with the rundown. I am sorry for uh, the fans. Weird to say that always. Uh, that, uh, Wanted to have the Last of Us conversations and everything. Look, we're Devin and I in our current situations right now. It is a very busy season as we are around the collegiate sports area side of things. It's nationals, it's provincials. We're going to try our best next week, specifically with Mando coming back to get you in. But it's been a busy time. And look, I mean, other than Last of Us, in all respect, as great as Last of Us has been, it's been a pretty dead time for television and movies for the most yeah. part. I mean, movies are just going to start ramping up this week with Cocaine Bear. And then everything that's out is coming out in March after that Creed comes out the week yeah. after Cocaine Bear. So movies are going to start ramping up. And man, I think the goal for us folks will be um, Wednesdays, Thursdays. We'll probably be recording time because Mando and Ted Lasso are out on Wednesdays. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So either we, if we do it on a Wednesday, we're probably doing the week before his episodes. If we do it on Thursday, we're probably doing that week's episodes. So yeah. You know, at the end of the day, folks, peoples, guys, gals, non-binary pals, my personal life is more important than this podcast right now. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Sorry. Unfortunately. I'm sorry. And I, mean, I Bill Simmons I even all. took a week off for his. So it, it happens to everybody. I love you all dearly, even though I've never met really most of you. But sometimes sacrifices in the last two weeks. Uh, this podcast was a sacrifice, but I'm here. I'm present. Uh, we actually, I need to repeat all the great conversation we had before we hit record, which is usual. Um, yeah. Josh was just telling me about how Omega fell into a hole <laughs> in Bad Batch. And I just needed to hear more about that. And I just, it was funny because I thought like in wrestling for a while, right? Like, when they like have like the baby face, the good guy, and they're like having them overcome odds, like, well, tonight, and they have like the evil commissioner, right? This is back in like the early aughts. Yeah. Well, tonight, you're gonna have to face Kane. And I was like, okay, here we go again. And then Kane would put up a fight, and they're like, they beat Kane. Oh my goodness. They beat Mark Henry. Yeah. They beat the big show. It'd be like big guy versus this guy to overcome the odds and knock them down. And then this is just like, we come off this awesome, one of the all-time Dave Filoni animated episodes from uh, Clone Wars to to uh, forgetting the second show, which is really, really good because I'm really amped up right now. The one with, Rebels. Uh, with from Rebels. This is, in the, this is in the top 10, 20 episodes of all time. The one we just had, like this is Filoni in his damn bag 
talking about this conspiracy theory of what the Empire mm-hmm. did with the clones and setting them up. And then Pelps comes on and it's the legendary voice for Pelps that comes on. And Ian McDermott uh, yep. comes on. It's like, oh man, Pelps set these guys up. This is in the bag right now. This is amazing. And I was yep. even thinking with uh, Ortega, like, why is he like, I'll get back to Omega falling down a hole because it's less important. It's more funny. Who's but, Ortega? Like, what are we talking uh, about? Or uh, Leah's dad, sorry. Oh, Bail Organa. Organa, Organa. Like, with Organa, like, why is he being, he kind of fucking himself a little bit. I'm like, why? The only part I had a question is, like, Bail is getting out in the, these streets a little bit too much. Like, he's got to be a lot more careful with taking care of Leia at this point. Like, he doesn't want to cross Pelps that much. Like, I know that Senator, she's going to be got. She's she's done. But, like, why is oh, Bail sure, going yeah. this hard? uh like i had this information it's like yo you need to chill well so first first of all um this is within a couple years of of order 66 right like this is not we're we're not really entrenched in the empire as a fascist state right like i know obviously i know that I know that it seems sketchy and it's very dangerous at time. It's a very dangerous time and the galaxy is very weary. Well, I didn't know the Senate was still around. I, I'm sure you did with your little well, Senate. I didn't know the, the Senate, Senate is like still this. around. No, well, like this, true. Like the, the way Senate... that we've seen it in the prequels, I didn't know in that standing. Uh, it's still, it still existed even back in the, uh, in the original trilogy. And that's what makes this idea of like an empire and, and this like autocratic state is that we can have the, window dressing of democracy right we have senators to planets and or systems and things like that and they get to voice their opinion and voice these um they get to vote on bills and things like that but at the end of the day as we just saw two episodes ago because this last episode apparently is an omega falling down the whole episode um this this most one of the most previous ones the empire comes in whenever he feels like it basically pulls out his in in Star Wars Battlefront Two, I think they call it Force Persuasion, mm. and it's there's a lot of debate whether or not his ability as a uh, tactician and a politician are actually uses of the Force. But mm. basically, he's prepared for every eventuality, comes out, and then just un you know flips the script on everybody, as you kind of mentioned with all these wrestling analogies. And then his opinion matters so much because, you know, quite frankly, you never know what's going to happen behind the scenes. And you mentioned like Sandra Chucci might just eventually disappear one day. Well, that's exactly what everyone's afraid about. That's what, yeah. So that's why they kind of vote along what he proposes or his ideas, because it's easier than dying or it's easier yeah. than you don't you don't want to be the planet, as we've seen in a few episodes this this season. You don't want to be the planet where the empire goes and starts taking your resources or starts taking things that belong to you or plundering your planet or enslaving your people in some instances, like the Wookiees. Um, so there's a lot of reasons you want to keep your mouth quiet, but I think Bale at this point in, in galactic history is kind of one of those people that says, if I rally enough support, we can not overthrow the empire because at that point the rebel alliance has not been formed, but want to peacefully protest or he thinks the ideas of democracy might still be alive if enough people join him and it's not until much later that we see essentially all these well-meaning people basically resort to terrorism 
Yeah. Uh, you know, let's not mince any words. The, the the rebels are essentially terrorists. Now we can agree, we can agree we can agree or disagree if they it's are. for the right means. But that's yeah. but that's this is these are the stories. This is how it ties into like the Saw Guerrero groups and the partisans, nice. and I guess you know Cal Kessis deception. But that's how that ties in. So it happens much much later than we're seeing in this show. Yeah, I just I, I think everything you're saying is is inept and and. and on point i just like with bail it's like dude you got to be more careful because like you're the one person you don't want them looking in on well he's also someone i think they mention it i don't can't remember what series they mention it but uh the idea is like they're so i think i think uh, mon mothma says it in andor they're so focused on me uh that they're missing the actual true picture which is someone like luthan and so Bail Organa may not be, he's, he's kind of the face of the rebellion, absolutely, but he, he may not be the most effective um, sympathizer, the most effective uh, rallier of troops, but there are people that they, no one knows anything about that's doing the real work. I guess and it's the side, too, of Pelps kind of knew this was going to happen and got to use them as scapegoats for his plan. He's just to per- get even if he the- didn't. Yeah. Even if him. he didn't, he's even if he didn't, he made it work for him and he and he prepared himself. And just my goodness, that voice we saw it in Star Wars Visions, we saw it like this was and his appearance in in Bad Batch is a was a pretty well known cameo. I think it's one one of the first trailers that came. Well, out. it doesn't like, matter now because with this AI voice stuff, like there's been these videos going around on TikTok. I don't know if you've seen them and Instagram. Someone's done these AI voices of Trump, Obama, and Biden playing oh, really? warfare. Oh, it's, interesting! It's hilarious, but it's like it sounds exactly like all right. the like playing Warzone or whatever. And I think that's you know James Earl Jones has already given permission. Yeah, that, there you that go. That to happen. So I think this is the way we're just gonna go. If Ian McDermott wasn't here, uh, I, it would be the way that it would be going anyway. I, I don't know how they can get the tone and all that. I don't know, but this AI voice stuff is just on a different level now. Well, it's going to be pitches and, you know, it's going to be exactly like when we saw in Rogue One, that first utilization of, of de-aged Leia. Yeah. Looking back on it now, doesn't look great. In the moment, though, looked looked pretty damn good in the moment. Yeah. Uh, but in reality, we've seen countless versions and we're going to see it when Indiana Jones coming up here, how truly good it's going to be with the assistance of AI. Because at some point in time, you're absolutely right. Like, we're going to bring back james dean from the dead we're going to bring back marlon brando and it's going to, yeah. they're going to sell all these rights to their family members or whatever i mean they we kind of had like over. the biggie we kind of had the biggie tupac one at like coachella a few years ago and i was yeah. like these are all proofs of concepts and i until it becomes like really really real i guess if you want to call it if you want to say that for a lack of a better phrase but uh, no, but great episode. Great Star Wars episode. That was a, that was phenomenal. Holy. Well, just the, the idea rest, too. Couldn't of, really give a shit. Yeah. Well, just the idea too of like it was Pelp's way of introducing like how the stormtroopers really came into introduce, and kind of yeah. hiding all the stuff that the clones did. Right. Of all the stuff they did for the Empire, he kind of gets to bury that away now and be like, hey, they were inept and blah 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 blah, and did all this other stuff, and we were responsible. It's we're gonna bring the stormtroopers because they're more effective. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, well, it's what's interesting is I'm not really, I'm sure that's out there. I'm not entirely sure how out there the idea or the location of Camino is, or, you know, using, you know, do we, did they use the Kaminoans to clone? Yeah. I because think that was a, that, more of a talk in this one. 
yeah i'm just not sure as to what how like how well known that is in the in the galaxy or for senators at large to talk about these kinds of things because they see the clips of the star destroyers destroying topoka city and it's like whoa this is obviously really shocking so were all the senators by the by the clone wars they knew about camino then or is it still like a secretive kind of like we just got all I these still think it was this... somewhat secretive because even obi-wan didn't know about it at the time right well duke well, that was that be- that was at the beginning right they they deleted the the location from the archives and like mm. it was a very hidden planet they were actually and they were very um they're very reclusive so they and they don't travel off world at all so you're really unlikely to see a Kaminoan in, you know, outside of Kamino. Um, but them talking about, you know, the, the destroying, you know, the clones acting without any orders and things like that. Like, I'm not sure where we sit on terms of do people know about Kamino at all? So I'm just curious. It's a, it's a future thing. But I learned something interesting on, on Instagram that I think was revealed from IGN or something like that. About one of the bosses in the jedi order jedi order sequel mm-hmm. okay uh remember the clone wars cartoon not the 3d one yeah remember, like the, the remember? Sa- the, this, the samurai jack kind of yes animation yeah. Too, yeah remember that bounty hunter with the tentacle arms yeah uh that might be canon now oh let's go yep yeah, so I guess yeah. the, the bounty hunter showed up in the Dr. Afra comic. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure where it stands in terms of uh, canon story, but the one of the villains or this, this race of villains in the game is this group of aliens that has like, the exact same powers as Dirge. So nice. I am, That's yeah. I The more I think about it, the more I do not want to wait to buy a PlayStation 5 anymore. Yeah. Like I'm just so close to pulling the trigger. Well, yeah, it's with with Star Wars coming out soon, and we'll yeah. talk about some PS Five stuff in a bit here. But yeah, I, that episode was great. But then the, the next one is like the last one. They go to some mining colony, and then um, Echo has left the team, right? And so uh, he went with Rex after everything that happened in this past yeah. episode, right? And then uh, yeah, Omega falls down a hole, and she's like, "I'm sad that Echo left." Hunter, I'm sad. I'm like, man, it just it's just so repetitive. And it's I'm like, you know, it's really interesting. And it's nothing against the bad badge. I think they're cool. Like Hunter and everyone is cool. But that last episode that was really good didn't have the bad badge in it. It's like Filoni's like, you know what? I'm just gonna take a break. I'm just gonna cook a little bit and have Rex in here. And yeah. Yeah. I think that's what happens when he's pulled in so many different directions now that he gets to develop the the you know the majority of the arc for the yeah, season he's for doing this, show, this right? skeleton true ahsoka and mando right now yeah like he's a he's a really busy guy and even just just the idea of like he probably goes into these pre-production meetings being like okay this these are this is the arc of the season we're gonna go we're gonna talk about the creation of the stormtrooper program we're gonna phase out more clones um blah 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 and then like okay so we, we've got six episodes you know what are we with the other 10 fuck it, I don't know, make her go down a hole. Like, and that's when they pass off the writing duties to other... And you can, you can tell when Filoni's really involved in an episode versus... The Crosshair episode with Cody. Yeah, basically. And even even if he's, his name isn't on the 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 credits, it's it was probably a pre-production meeting. It was probably something that he's like, I, need, I want you to focus on this kind of relationship. I want you to focus on this kind of thing. I don't care how you do it. 
and then they came up with it and it was like yeah that was great but sometimes you know that's the hard part about being like you know middle-aged guys at this point is we're watching a kid show and yeah. we we're disappointed when it talks about kids stuff <laughs> freddie prince said it best man freddie prince said it best what'd he say that it's a kid show he's like he's like he's yeah. like He's like George Lucas and Dave Filoni sat me down and talked to me about all over the force. And he's like, I love this shit. He's like, I'm a guy that played Fred and Scooby Doo and I wrote for WWE. I know this is technically at the end of the day, we're evolved now as adults. We grow into being more childish adults liking this shit. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this shit is still made specifically for children. We've just grown to this age now where our parents were as much like this. And the previous age was this. We've grown a lot more with that product yeah. into our late thirties, into our late forties, fifties, uh, in ways yeah. that had never been seen before. Yeah. Basically there's, there's people who are, uh, I guess who are almost 80 years old who were teenagers when star Wars came out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I guess uh, no, 60, 60 years old. So sorry, 67. There's been old, three so. really good episodes of bad batch. That the arc yeah. we just talked about, and then the Cody Crosshair, and everything else is like cool. Yeah, you basically kind of put it on in the background, or maybe like maybe look for a couple, you know, Easter eggs here and there if there are any. I've like, it's funny because I I don't watch, I don't know, I watch some like you kind of know what kind of episode you're going to get kind of in the first thirty seconds. Um, I think there's I think it's proportional to how much Rhea Perlman's in it. If you get a lot of Rhea, Rhea Perlman, you're gonna have a kids yeah. episode. I think if you yeah. don't get any Rhea, I hear Rhea Sid, Perlman, I'm like, it's like Sid's not available. I'm like, yes. But I actually do like her character. I, I do. It's really just like, well but then you know, she's it's funny. Bad guy of the week. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're getting like, like how how many missions do these guys gotta do to like get their freedom? Like it was she, like, like she is really screwing. We gonna put you in a gambling race car. Off the yes. planets with yes. a boss that Sid did something bad with. Did you want pod racing? Too bad. You get this racing. <laughs> yeah. We going to put but. Wanda Sykes in the Sid role, and they're going to go to a mining planet, and Omega's going to mm. fall down a hole. Well, we've done that twice. Whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Filoni, Filoni's on lunch. Like, we can't bug him for the next three hours. Yeah, we bug do? him. He's uh, working on Ahsoka right now. Yeah, he's really busy. His, his door's closed. He's, like, playing Fallen Jedi or whatever. And it's like, what do we do? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Maybe don't go down a hole. Sticking on Star Wars really quick here. Uh, Mando comes back next Wednesday. Now we're going to start ramping up. We have Double Pedro talk about next week. Um, and the turn of Grogu and everything. It'll be very interesting just to have I think, uh, number one, for people that haven't seen it, I've had some people like, do I have to watch uh, Boba Fett? I'm like, you do. You do have to watch it. You have to at least just watch those episodes. But if you're going from watching season two of Mando and skipping Book of Boba Fett, you're going to be really, really confused. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's funny. That's one of those things like we I talked about it for a couple of years now. I'm not a fan of this for Marvel. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a fan of this in general for Star Wars. Uh, also, but I mean, at the same time, I guess I'll be contradictory in like the actual the actual investment you need to make in order to catch up is quite low. So very low. You don't even yeah, have to watch the final episode. I don't think you even have to watch the final episode of Book of Boba Fett. You need no, to watch two episodes. You need to watch the two. You don't need to watch Grogu 
in the fight there with the chain link on as adorable as he does look with the chain link on. Uh, but you don't really need to watch that. All you need to know is Grogu's back. Luke made him make a decision. He went to the temple and learned with Ahsoka and Luke, which is just the best sentence to say ever. Um, and uh, it just gets me so excited, so happy that Anakin and Ahsoka taught Grogu to get that Luke, Anakin's son, and Ahsoka taught Grogu. That's fucking awesome. It is awesome. I mean, it's also one of, I guess it's one of the start of his many failings is making people choose uh, one or the other, right? So we can talk about that. Do you think we're going to find out who saved Grogu from Order 66 this season? Or are they going to delay it another season? Mm, No, we got to see it. Yeah, I think it's We got to see it. Um, I I, I don't know if it's rumors. I think it's like people speculating on the the internet and it's like, oh, is it... uh, Mace. Is it Shock T? Well, maybe not. I doubt it's going to be Mace. Was it going to be like Shock T? Is it going to be someone like someone from the Order, right? It's so, a new. I've seen a lot. Yeah, something like that. She's in a comic. She dies. She she makes it through 66, but she dies in yeah. the comic. So the hard part is, is like, like I have no idea. Jedi, like cave or something? Yeah, yeah. I have with Karuk or something like that. Yeah. I have no idea what's canon in the comics and what isn't. So you know, if you guys are expecting like some huge deep dive as to like what really happens, I'm really, I'm going to be really confused. Well, there's one with Mace where he fell down and Jocasta saved him and took him there and everything. But again, I don't know how much that's canon and how much that's a comic and all that. You mean Snoke? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then I guess just getting to see everything with the dark saber and going to Mandalore. Uh, oh yeah what rebels characters that we see in this one how much that's basically been stuff? that's basically been confirmed right they're teasing rebels characters yeah i'm just trying to, I'm trying to remember my girl's name it's been so long Hera? I have a name. harrison Dula. uh not Hera. um the one the that gave the... yeah yeah I, I think we'll see her i believe whatever whatever just let's just make it work man let's just i want to see some more night of the thousand tears and that's really it i don't don't think we'll see ahsoka i don't think we'll see any of that like maybe we get a tease for ahsoka at the end and i don't think we'll see uh mercedes verdano return as uh, in this one at all from what i've been told i think it's just uh just the main mandalorians that we saw beforehand john favreau come on down katie's oh he's dead uh is he katie yeah remember he dies well i know they fight on in like the platform does he kill him i thought he doesn't Dark, kill maul kills him maul kills him no sorry no 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 uh, um no not the death watch guy not pre Vizsla. yeah um the live action mando with the big chain gun oh yeah he's voiced by Favreau. he's oh, okay, another so Vizsla. okay so maybe he can come back yeah yeah he might come back Sabine, maybe because she gives uh, Sackoff's character, she gives her the dark saber. She doesn't earn it the way she's supposed to. So obviously, there's going to be the that's coming up for sure between her yeah. and Mando um, about the dark saber and the right for it. And obviously, Mando has to go like do the the tank so because he showed his face and everything like that. So hell yeah, he does. He's got to go find. Uh, he's got to go find a Mandalorian or something like that, like the the animal or something. I don't it's know. Crazy. It's crazy. It's been great. Like, three years since mando mando it's kind of crazy well pandemic time doesn't doesn't work like the rest of the time because i remember watching it live in the pandemic and like not going anywhere and just being like oh this is our life now like i'm gonna watch tv like this for the rest of my life and then like you know 
a year and a half later is like, what's TV again? It's also weird that we're going to get Mando and Ted Lasso all on the same day. It's very weird. Well, hey, if we get, uh, you know, if Brett Goldstein makes a cameo in Disney, then you definitely know, you definitely know the Matrix is real. I don't know why and Apple's out doing ideas. that on a Wednesday when all the shows are Friday. It's a very interesting decision by Apple. Um, they want eyes on the platform because I don't know what the like. There's I don't know what the overlap for people who enjoy Mando and Ted Lasso is, right? Like, because mm-hmm. Ted Lasso kind of Ted Lasso kind of takes off. That maybe you know the non-science fiction fans. It's a great show for those kinds of people. So I don't know. Yeah. I th- well, Ted Lasso works so well because during the pandemic, people just needed something good, inherently good, and and heartwarming and uplifting with how mm-hmm. terrible everything was. Well, it was heartwarming and uplifting until it wasn't. Then it was like deeply personal and like really yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you know, so we, I think we have Ma- uh, Bad Batch till the end of March. Still, I have no idea when Secret Invasion is coming. Um, I'm assuming that'll be after Mando. So Mando runs till. Is mid- Secret Invasion a movie now? No, still a show. What am I thinking of? Secret Wars is a movie now. Secret Wars is the movie. Yeah, that's after Secret King Wars Dynasty. Movie. Okay. Uh, yeah, since Whatever. I guess we're in this realm, just really quickly, we'll have more of a discussion on it later. But saw, I saw Ant Man. I like it more than most people. Give it seven out of ten. I think it's just it's fine. Kane Kane looks great, and it got me super excited for Loki. Modok. The Mystical. I've been hearing a lot boy. of pushback. Screw my boy. I've been hearing a lot of pushback on Modok. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, the Modok isn't so great. Is he one like... of the all-time worst line readings in the history of cinema and the MCU? Is is a Modoc line? Is a Modoc line? Weird. Okay. Yeah. Poor Corey. He's a good actor. Why not just get freaking Patton Oswald? Like, what was he doing? I well, exactly. I know he's Pip the Troll or some bullshit like that. But yeah, like... he's Pip the Troll. But yeah, Jonathan Majors, man, he's in his bag. He kills it as Kang. Good. Well, he's someone Fantastic. that should be a should be a character that you're really really excited to see on screen, even if we've only seen him for one season and one show one time. So and whatever. And Dime is badass. Oh, Basinger. Uh, no, that's uh Pfeiffer. Evangeline Lilly. Oh, Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, Pfeiffer. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't remember if the other wasp is in the movie. I forget about her. Despite the movie oh. called I forget oh. about her. Yeah, and Ooh, her hair, shade. and her terrible haircut. Apparently, it was based off the comics. Man, you gotta, you, you gotta read a comic or two. If, if Evangeline it's Lily so can bad. say, so bad. Well, whatever. If Evangeline Lily can tell you it's based off the comics, you know it must be true. And I, I, I can't ever be mad at anything Paul Rudd does. So it's really hard. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about the Last of Us. I don't okay. even know where so to we have, start. We have two episodes. We're talking about two episodes. Three, really. Three. No. The last. I think the last one we talked about no. was. We're talking about the Henry episode, and we're talking about this last episode. Yeah. Well, the buildup, then the one prior to the Henry episode too, when they go into Kansas City. I think we already talked about that. We didn't. No, we the definitely. Last one we we did definitely. Was Bill and Frank. Well, that one doesn't matter then. Screw it. Who cares? We're only talking about oh, two episodes. 
Um, I'll just say this. I mean, I'm, I'm going to talk about the more recent episode. I mean, we can talk about the other one afterwards, but his most recent episode, man, the teases, I, this was the interesting, mm. just for, there was heavy teases for mm-hmm. the next, the next season already having Dina and instead of like, Oh, I wanted this actress, and this actress. I'm like, just because you saw Dina doesn't mean you saw Dina. Like if they want to recast Dina, they will. Like, I don't like it just if they wanted a popular actress to play Dina, they will do that. And even if they want to recast Shimmer, that doesn't have to be Shimmer. They can recast the horse if they need to. What people are anti Shimmer? I know who is anti Shimmer. Are people like, what? It's the wrong kind of horse? Like, what? I tried to watch back because you were saying that you saw Jesse. I didn't see him, but there was people like, ah, maybe. Uh, But I don't, they they didn't specifically show. That's Jesse. The Dina, the Dina one was a little. The bit Dina more... one was obvious. Yeah. 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 Well, the, the the Jesse one, I was just like, oh, he's a guy. Like he's a guy with dark hair. Like maybe that's him. Like, and to your well, point it... about recasting, uh, yeah. Last of Us Two takes place what two or three years in the future. Like, yeah, I don't think they'll start shooting season two until. But what I mean to what I mean to say is like they could recast Bella Ramsey if they really wanted to. Because if they wanted to, yeah. Because the 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 changes in, the, in their bodies, the changes in their their physical appearance, and the way that, especially the way that Ellie matures from one to two, being a young, you know, being a teenager to kind of being like a young adult, is yeah. very striking. And obviously, they had to make her less less Ellen Page uh, yeah. at the time. So, I mean, if if you don't like Dina, or if they want someone else to be Dina, like they can just say, oh, five years later, she looks she looks like a different person. Okay, yeah. fine, whatever. I haven't said that. I don't think they'll start shooting season two till 2025. Okay. Well, they're all they're maybe all late people, 2024. I mean. I mean, who knows? I mean, we'll have to see. Bella's done great and everything. We just found out House of the Dragon is coming out in 2024. So I'm sure uh, they're yeah. So 20, yeah, 2024 is next year. So they're cool. I think holding off for Last of Us to come in 2025 at this point. It's not the end of the world. They'll have House of the Dragon one year. And I think they'll go back and forth now. They'll have a House of the Dragon year. Last of Us year, House of the Dragon year, Last of Us year to or like six months, six six months kind of thing. Like there's gonna be no overlap. There's gonna be a nice long break. Like they might do House of the Dragon from September to March, and then Last of Us from you know August to December or yeah. something. Yeah, and then like there's that. a White Lotus in there as well, which I'm sure there's gonna be some oh, like white spinoffs yeah. already as well. And Barry and, and Succession Euphor- and Winning Time, Euphoria. Euphoria. HBO's oh, yeah. let's, let's not forget Euphoria. Um, but yeah, just uh, this episode and Pedro and Bella have talked about it this week and Neil Druckmann has talked about it. Um, they rehearsed that scene over and over again to the point like Pedro said he was super stressed about that scene. And I mean, it, it was the scene. Yeah. And for Bella Ramsey specifically, I think for a lot of us, me included, who was a naysayer when I first saw her in the trailer, I was like, I don't want to judge too much, but she doesn't seem to be Ellie to me and 100% wrong. I will take the L on that one. She's been awesome. Uh, but they nailed that scene. It's perfect. The only one they take out is the thin ice line. Uh, and Truckman said he just didn't feel like the Pedro character worked for him with that. So that's why that you're walking on some mighty thin ice. And to a point, Troy Baker improvised that line, apparently. That was not in the original script. That was an improvisation from Troy Baker, apparently. Okay. So, well, I mean, you need you. You've kind of alluded to it. You just need to rip the bandage and tell people what you're actually talking about because the, some people just the scene probably, of Joel asked. Um, everyone's left me. Everyone's left me except for you. 
Yeah, Joel asks Tommy to take her. She goes, she runs away. So that's a little bit different. She runs away and then says, like, you're abandoning me and all that. And it's just at that point, I remember I was trying to dig up the audio um, from the old pod. And maybe I, if I can find it, I'll put it at the end here. But I remember when we had, we did have the pod back then. Um, we were talking about this. This is a different level of video game at that point. It changed the, it changed the entire impact of the game where we were at that point because you know you're going through Pittsburgh at that point and you're running from the tank and it's like pretty basic video game stuff. And I remember both of you and I saying like at this point, yeah, this changed entirely the landscape of where this video game was. Very uncharted esque, right? Lots of great set pieces. You know, it's obviously post apocalypse, post apocalyptic. So some things are going to feel different than than Nathan Drake, but because Nathan Drake never really had, even with Sully or with Elena, never really had that moment. Um, the closest I can probably think of is when Sam? before he fell down the mountain and she saves him, and she gets like, "Why are you still doing right. this shit?" Like, I thought you were done with this. Yeah. That's the closest I can think of. But I mean, even even still, that was that was after uh, Last of Us. So, yeah, for them for them to go for them to go from basically an Indiana Jones ripoff, if we're being honest, to whatever we want to call the Last of Us was a big step for the for the company and for Druckmann as a writer. Um, and it went from you know it went liter quite I think quite literally you were starting to see a little bit of it with the Henry and Sam stuff, but it went from being like a zombie action game to a game about relationships and about mm -hmm. survival and about love. And, you know, those things were kind of always throughout the game, but they weren't as apparent until we had just seen that because for four to six hours, we have exactly like the show is giving us, we get people who have their guard up. We get people like Ellie's using her, her, her vulgarity to keep people away, right? It's supposed to shock people. It's supposed yeah. to make her feel tough and powerful. And funny enough, it doesn't work on a guy like that because he's already seen and done it all anyways. Yeah. Um, he quite literally kind of put, or not literally, but he puts his money where his mouth is for the most part when dealing with stuff because he is a bad guy or he's, he's framing himself as a bad guy and he has his own walls up. And... I don't know what it is. I mean, may, for a lot of us, maybe it's that the rabbit hunting scene in the game that makes that person cry, yeah. um, which was had a great little had a great little like it's homage the to. Thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it had a great little homage to with the uh, the cabin in the woods at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. But I think she had just. I, I it's almost. I think it's more apparent now that at, see, after seeing Henry and Sam, and. Ellie's failure to save Sam um, really just broke her and it took a, and it, and it, she really had nowhere else to, she felt, you know, she, she's supposed to be this savior. She's been touted as a savior as this really high, important value target. And she can't even save, you know, one person. How is she supposed to save quote unquote, the human race? Yeah. Um, and it breaks her down, right? She's just a, she's a, she's a kid in a grown up world. She's not really a grown-up. She's not really a kid. She's never really had a childhood, but she's not a she's not she, she doesn't get treated like an adult. She's basically just babied around. And uh it all comes out. And Joel has to make and, and I think at the same time that that's happening, 
Joel needs to let go that Ellie's not like Sarah. And even if there are, they are similar in certain ways, they're two different people and he can't stop, you know, he, he can't keep putting Sarah on Sarah's expectations onto Ellie. And that's why he kept her away. And then eventually they just both realize that they're, I'm not going to say that they need each other. It's very cl- cliche, but they, um, well, she, she says it at the end when Joel, you know, potentially dies. We'll see. I don't know. As I told a friend earlier, Joel dies. Who knows? You, uh, you fucker. <laughs> and we won't find out next week, by the way, because we're going to DLC country next week. We're going back. We're Last not stand or whatever week. it's called. Yeah. yeah, yeah nice. not, but uh, she says they're like, I need you. And I, it, it's, this is the part of the game too, which I love that they're doing the DLC next week. Uh, because people I talk to that don't know what's coming, uh, we're like, I need to know, I need to know, I need to know what happened to Joel, what happened no, to what? Joel, oh. if, he de- if he's dead or not. And um, <clears throat> I'm going to say a minor spoiler here, so please skip forward a minute if you don't want to have Last of Us spoilers. So you've been warned, three, two, one here. If, if they've been listening to us this whole time, yeah. all these multiple episodes and like, but yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. But just the fact of in that scene, because episode eight will be the David episode, right? And the anticipation, yeah. again, you and I talked about oh. that pod back then of when Joel comes back and that run to get Ellie is, oh my God, it's you, it's just an unbelievable feeling. And they have built you up to that in the game that you just go on a tear for Joel and you're just murking every one of David's guys in your sights to get to Ellie. I saved up so much ammo in that game. And then I was like, you know what? This feels really good. I'm just going to use all like 12 of my shotgun bullets. And I was just like standing in the middle of the street, just like, so that's, you know, if, they're able to accomplish that in in the show, then they've done something right. Or they've done another thing right. And kind of a full circle moment, as I kind of talk about those past podcasts, to see them go to Eastern Colorado and for it to be safe yes. as the as the school, for those that don't know it's shot in Calgary, that's where we recorded the Last of Us video game pods when we were just starting out. Like we talked about that there and it was it was immensely trippy. Mount Royal, another school that I, you know, I went to the uh, MRU as well, but I also got my broadcasting degree from SAIT. So uh, it was it was incredibly trippy them being on both those camps. I think that out of all the places they've been, that was the oh, most yeah. trippy. That was the most trippy. Well, I mean, that's the one where instantly <laughs> recognizable where it was like, holy, like, a few of them, it's because a lot of it, a few scenes, there's a bit of growth. There's some busted up trucks or something kind of in front of the door so you're not really sure what you're looking at or is this calgary is this edmonton um walking up to the campus was like oh my god that's that's the parkade i park at to go to sports activities (laughs) and i was just like that's it and then what's funny is when they go into the middle of campus around those sandbags i was like man that building i don't have as much of a relationship to one of the campuses as you do um, but it was like, oh man, like that building kind of looks like the front side of another building that I go, I go to. And then in the brickwork, you actually see the logo of the school they're talking about, Mount Royal okay. University. And I was like, oh my goodness, like they just went all out in Calgary. Like that's crazy. It was a really cool episode. Yeah, that was, that was, and, and then the Canmore Bridge. Unfortunately, for the overhead shot, they had a, they pulled this a Game of Thrones with the Starbucks cup and they had, some crew members in the shot. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. Shit happens. It is what it is. 
whatever. But uh, that Canmore Bridge I thought was going to be the most famous thing in there because if you live in Alberta, you've walked across that Canmore Bridge at least once in your lifetime or been near there, right? It's kind of a Alberta well, the one tradition. that the one that the one that really stood out to me was the Lethbridge one was was the actual was it a high level bridge or something like that. Yeah. Like, Cause you see that one in like episode three or four or something. I was like, Oh shit. I didn't know they made it all the way down to Lethbridge, but it, yeah. you know, kudos to the cast and crew for like really showcasing all Alberta has to offer. Like there's, you know, if you, if you're a person not from our home province, like you don't even need to come anymore. Like you've seen everything on TV. It's super true. <laughs> the glow theater. It, it survived baby. Yeah, it was showing like, was it Matchstick Men or something like that? It's going to be funny the when marquee. the globe does go down because I think there has been rumors of that. It's like, it survived in The Last of Us at least. Yeah, right. Well, even uh, uh, even, pan- even pandemic survivors need to see movies every now and again. Uh, on, the, on the Sam and Henry stuff, number one, getting an actual uh, American Sign Language uh, deaf actor was cool and, and listening to the last of us hbo pod which i gotta say I, I recommend for everybody it's it's been awesome to listen to Druckmann and chris and and troy talk about the series this the cast and they talked about to get uh kavon woodward in there of like they were like going video after video after video about this stuff uh and then they just like this this kid they they said they needed someone that could do sign language really really well right and they needed someone that could act as well it was one thing to have a kid his age that could do sign language but even at that age you're still learning sign language really actively and don't have a full grasp on it oh i can imagine um but he had a full grasp on it and was a good actor and apparently he's a really good hockey player in real life and like has aspirations to make the (sighs) nhl so that's that's super rad um and then the actor that played henry was learning as they were going he did not know sign language and was learning american sign language uh as right. as they were going so that that's a really cool aspect of it and i liked that in some ways the idea of it too was um that chris was and neil were saying that chris was saying specifically i found the characters a little bit too close to what ellie and joel were of right. they were both kind of Sam looked at Henry like a father figure and they were these wayward travelers and they had to do unnecessary things to survive. He's like, it was just too similar. And he's like, and he's like, I also wanted to have the representation of the deaf community in this. And it adds some good layers to the scene of when Sam's walking on the glass and Henry's like, stop, like it's loud. Like it was like interesting, Uh, like nice little point to have with everything. And even the heartbreaking scene of like, this show's got to stop fucking making me cry. Um, of sam when he turns he becomes infected and he doesn't really do anything until ellie touches him because he couldn't he ellie ellie's shouting at him he can't hear her so it's when he asks that question which we have in the game and we have in this of is the person still in there we find out very sadly that the person is still in there and they just don't get magical ears because they become infected well, you know, it's, I I don't I don't know really anything about ASL, so, um, but it seemed it seemed like, uh, and it's probably a testament to the actor who played Henry. It seemed like some of their language was quite rudimentary, or maybe yeah. some words that have been lost to time in the pandemic, and so they've had to make up new words or new signs for some of these words or or things like that, or they have their own way of communicating where it's partly it's partly military signals. And it's partly like, you know, how to, how to navigate different places. 
and it's also partly ASL. So that was really cool. Um, I think in the game they talk a lot, they, they allude a lot to like the background of the two characters because they're like half brothers or something like that. But obviously there's yeah. a huge age gap. So his mother, their mother may have been a victim of some kind of uh, untimely thing, uh, sexual assault, rape, what, what have you. Um, mm-hmm. And he still cares for him like a brother or something like that, or I think is what the, I think is what the game implies. Um, they don't really touch on that too much in the, in the, in the show, but what really kind of got me was his Sam and Ellie's development of relationship past words and what this show does so well, like far and beyond the the action stuff right which is like so secondary it seems like there's it seems like we've only really had like three or four really tense moments that are like the video game because the rest of it like i could go and i think i felt this way in the game too like i would have loved a prequel game with sam and henry or i would have loved a prequel dlc with sam and henry or i would have loved to just have their story continue on and i guess that this was kind of around the time where start where Game of Thrones was was coming out or kind of getting big, right? Yeah. And so I think as fans, I didn't really watch a lot of Game of Thrones, especially when it came out the first time. But it seems it seems to me that I remember this particular scene really standing out in terms of like characters that I kind of fell in love with, wanted more of, thought that they would just go their peaceful ways and I would like never see them again until the sequel and they would show up or something like that at Ellie's birthday party. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was not really, I was not in a state of mind from the things that I've watched prior that people were just going to die all the time. And I know that's like a very much like a, a walking dead thing, a game of Thrones thing, tons of other shows that are, do that all the time now. But I think in the moment, 10 years ago or whatever, it wasn't normal. And Sam, you know, going through what he goes through. And then of course, right in front of Valley was like, that left my my jaw like hit the floor in real time when that happened 10 years ago and even though i knew it now uh it still was shocking because i always thought you you should correct please correct me if i'm wrong did joel and ellie leave uh henry to do his thing and it happens off screen or does it happen right in front of them it happens in front of them but it goes to black afterwards right okay and they don't show them burying them. Uh, they show the burial in this one, which I took out. Joel didn't do that for him. He did that for Ellie. Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. It's, um, it's a real testament to the real world struggles that this game and this show continue to tackle, right? So, so far we've done LGBTQ relationships deaf, hard of hearing, uh, sacrifices, suicide, right? Um, Menstruation in the apocalypse. Let's go. Oh, oh yeah. No kidding. Hey, like, way to, you know. I so many women I talked to were like, let's fucking go. The Dixie cup apparently <laughs> wasn't invented, was invented in 2003. So they just made it for have the Dixie cup. I've been told by a lot of women in my Is life. Is it called to Dixie a- cup? Isn't it Dixie cup? Isn't that like a little, like, it's not like the one you get. It's the like proper the term apparently. For Is it really? Okay. That's yes. fine. So well, I've been told by a lot of women, you need to mention how important the menstruation in this show is. So there it is. 
Well, it's, you know, it's, you know, one of the best things about that scene, which, you know, I'm, you know, kudos to the crew for handling so respectfully and so maturely, not that I expect anything less from them, but Bella Ramsey being like, ew, like, ooh, gross. Second time <laughs> and then it was too, like, she got that, she got those tampons before too, right? She did. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. that's a, that's a great point. Um, I just loved how, like, you know, she was like kind of grossed out by it because it, you know, it's a very natural thing. I'd love to, I'd love to say that I'm like some woke guy, I suppose. Um, there's also something about it. It's just like, wow, you know, it's not an ideal. Uh, and I think the way that Ellie portrayed that was kind of the same feeling. And then, you know, when she goes across the street to uh, Maria's house, she's like, yeah, thanks for the, uh, <clears throat> the thing. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Really helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah that apparently that's i mean we, we haven't really seen it i guess it's 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 such a nice little note there there's other, other people that i've talked to like you need to mention that some of the there's people that are on car watch right now for last of us there's a whole subreddit of it car watch like, okay yeah that car's from 07 that car's from 10 that car's from 04 people have been very watching the cars and checking the years out i'm like oh whatever <laughs> i don't fucking care yeah car watch okay like so it's well, that, that brings up, and I, I, I saw it somewhere else on the internet this week. It's that really, really classic line from The Simpsons where they have the, um, God, what is it? It's a panel for like Star Wars or something like that. And yeah. then the, the comic book guy stands up. He's like, in uh, Itchy and Scratchy, uh, you know, episode number 501B, Scratchy hits the xylophone twice, but it makes two different notes. I hope the person who made that got fired. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like when Xena did it. Well, anytime that happens, a wizard did it. Oh, the, yeah, exactly. In the one Simpsons episode when they have her on there, she's like, anytime mm-hmm. that happened, a wizard did it. Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah. Like, I, I, if you're, ta- you're going to email Josh about us nitpicking car models in this show, like just save, save yourself a few minutes and just go touch grass. Uh, it's, it's been a fantastic, I mean, I, I, I had my expectations for it. It was my second most anticipated last year. I can't remember. I put anticipated. It was top three anticipated this year. Because Mine were low. Uh, but my expectations, I was excited, but I was still low. And uh, I have been absolutely blown away by Bella Ramsey. Pedro, man, he is on a, a different level in this. Um, it's just been, and I guess the last thing I will talk about too is just um, the Kathleen character. I like that idea of that because we don't really see what's behind, you know, when we go to Pittsburgh in the game, Kansas City in, in, in the show, we don't know what mm. the, the deal is with these, with the hunters at that point, why they do what they right, do. So right. having the Kathleen character was really cool, but even more because we have been missing the infected. And when we had the pit of all the infected and the bloater, which is practical fucking effects. Oh my god! Yeah, go off about that. You know, get give give me two minutes Jeez, of what, what you learned in that fucking podcast. Cool. That was it was that. cool. And and the fact too of uh, Troy, uh, not Troy. Uh, Neil was trying to get him to raise the act. By the way, the other guy, that's the actor that plays Tommy in the game, uh, was trying to get him wait, to rip him in wait, half. Wait, wait. Yeah, so, the guy wait, the, that's with Kathleen, her right hand man, that's the actor that plays Tommy. Oh, let's go! That's awesome. Like, Tommy's yeah. one of my favorite characters in, in games. Like Tommy, Tommy's way up there for me. So big fan. Okay, let's go. So instead, they just go with a natural bloater, ripping the mouth open, oh. and then we had the Megan clicker because of the contortionness that she had. 
I know the little blonde kid. I mean, that was obviously that was an illusion, right? Like that's what made it hard for 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 Joel to shoot, right? Yeah. Or was that something yeah. else? I think so. Well, even the even the the way they did the sniper scene there, it was so different, but it worked so <sighs> well. Of Joel being like, "Don't do it." It's just a very exhausted Joel. Like, I don't want to kill you, man. Like, come on, I don't mm-hmm. want to fucking do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why oh, yeah, that's... Ellie has that conversation with Maria. It's like he doesn't want to kill well he even says it i mean he says in the last episode right he's like for the first time or since since she came along like he's scared he's afraid to do these things yeah um that's really powerful like it that really goes to show that even someone that i guess we can classify joel as kind of like neutral or maybe he is evil depending on your perspective like even even people who do bad things still have to deal with the consequences afterwards so every time and he talks about it with with uh tommy all the innocent people that they killed um they had to live with that that's what made you know that's what kind of alluded to kind of in the beginning episodes right where he has like those drug uh like you know he's passed out from the drugs and alcohol but he's yeah. trying to mask the pain and stuff but i i will the, say this i think we got to mark we got to mark out a little bit on like that just that final in in the Kathleen episode, oh god, um, we got we got to mark out a little bit on like just the video game aspect of like, dude, it was. The, the I was like, it gave me an anxiety attack. I was like, and I will say, this show hasn't had as much infected, but I think it's it's what The Last of Us was. The infected was such a video game part of it. Uh, this is such a character driven story. And it's almost these characters. It's not like what you have for Walking Dead or Twenty Eight Days Later, when there's a this apocalypse and they're t- rampant. Yes, the infected are there, but there's also people surviving within this world, and the infected are all around, yeah. right? And, and the high mind thing adds a different context that I'm sure we'll see specifically in the uh, the David episode to a degree, and uh, in the final episode if they do that whole thing up to before the drafts in the hospital of what to come but that that scene was number one i'm like let's fucking go was was them was her all the infected coming out all the infected coming out oh oh yeah Yeah. well that was just one of those ones where you know i felt i felt really refreshed by the the henry sam relationship it was a nice palate cleanser kind of like every couple episodes you need to see like what true love is and we saw it with uh bill and frank we saw it with sam and henry henry and I think that those kinds of things come back on to Joel and Ellie and has helped them progress their relationship. I'm going to imagine that this next episode is going to be kind of another palate cleanser because Ellie sees Tommy and Joel in that relationship and how strong yeah. that is. And they're when they embrace each other for the first time, like what was really funny was it was kind of framed almost like uh like one of those like classic war movies or something where like yeah you know like the like the woman's like working in the field or something and then the soldier comes back and he's like you know he's like my wife whatever they just run at each other and they give this big hug and it's like the end of the movie and everyone's happy or you know little house in the prairie or something like that but it was just between two brothers like that was that was really touching because the the tommy joel relationship i think is is actually quite understated they did a really uh, good job of hitting it out of the park yeah they really there's not a lot that i really dislike of the show which is and you mentioned that it was like one of your most anticipated things of this year. Yeah. I was not high on this show. I wasn't necessarily rooting for it to be bad. I don't want that at all. Uh, I just was like, the you know history, what? This is a really, his, history showed it, itself. Yeah. 
it's a really complex game. You're going to spend a lot of time with characters and like, I think people are, what I, what I actually was really worried about was that fans, just people, television people in general would not like the show because they'd be expecting zombies. And we're, what we're getting is character development is mad men with zombies. Um, but every step they take in developing these relationships have just been so pleasant to me. Yeah. It's, uh, I, it's very rare. There's only been a handful of shows we come on and we do not have any complaints about, um, Ted Lasso, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Succession. It's in that category. Like I, those are the shows we've came on and we've just glowingly talked about that. There's been no complaints about even season two of White Lotus. I put in that that side as yeah. well. Oh yeah, so it's, Eas- easily, easily. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a rare circumstance that we come on here and we don't really say like this and this and this. There's no nitpicking. It's just it's just a brilliant show. It's just been super enjoyable. I'm looking forward to doing the Left Behind. Now, and it, I take a point on it too, Dev. It's the side of spoiler culture in a way of we're going into this with every episode spoiled for us. Yeah, there's different twists and turns of how they're going to do it, but. You and I didn't read Game of Thrones and have the and, and go into movies. I don't know about you, but I never read Harry Potter. I went in clean to Harry Potter. Uh, okay. So it's it's really interesting. And we're not talking about Hogwarts Legacy. I know you. some people asked for our opinions on it. We're staying clear of that subject. Just to let you know. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's, it's complicated. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really interesting just going in and knowing what happens and in some ways it's like oh i guess like if you do it i don't i would still prefer not to have something spoiled for me but i know henry was going to get killed right and i know tess yeah. was going to get killed and it's just like it's it's yep. a weird turn of like well how are they going to do it yeah that's a nice little thing it's i and you know kudos to the you know what's funny is i think i've mentioned this before in one of our one of our podcasts but it's funny how us as fans and people fans in general are like well they have to be super, super faithful to the book. And when it's not, people get really pissed off, right? Whether it even just be the idea of like, oh, Little Mermaid a, a, is, a, is a little black girl now. Um, weird things like that, right? But then like we get a show like this where you just, it's funny, you kind of just prove this point, but in a positive way where it was like, I know what's going to happen, but I don't care how you guys do it. I just want to be surprised. Well, I think that's what a lot of filmmakers, when they do remakes and reboots, try to do for people. Mm-hmm. But they, they, they really walk this fine line of trying to make the super fans really happy. Somehow Palpatine and... returned. Exactly, right? There's such a weird... such And the hardest part for me as someone who's been doing this for a long time with you is I can't predict when I want the story to be faithful and when I'm okay with changes. Yeah. But at the same time, I think this also goes to our maturity as people. And as, we've reviewed a lot of things over the years. We've God, shit on a lot yeah. of things over the years. Yeah. And we probably, if we're being honest, we're probably unfair for a long part of our Definitely. career. Definitely. Uh, probably, probably because we wanted, like, for that exact reason, because we want things to be pure, but also because we, we also thought that by staying true to the story, we cared about it more than other people. And now we're getting an example, us as, us as older adults, we, one of our most favorite properties of all time, change, 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 minus like three lines and like a couple people here and there. And we love it. It's beautiful. So 
is it that we're we're changing with you know with the times or is that people are you know these writers are getting better with writing great scripts i, I think no it's idea. a bit of both i mean the bill and this is the last thing to say then we'll get to news and we gotta get out of here but uh the bill and frank thing was the ultimate test for the fandom side and if you were like as i said in that episode the first time i watched it i was like this isn't what the game is this is bullshit yeah it's a it's really so lovely beautiful. story and then i watched it back i'm like you know what this is good the game stuff is awesome and that's the fucking game but this vision for the tv show is absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and fantastic and emotional and like i said just great love language uh and oh, yeah. you know sometimes i have to you know just because i had a vision of what it is i'm gonna let neil and chris do their cooking for what ultimately was fantastic that all the stuff and beats that have happened in that a lot of that at the end is what's led us to where we are right now it didn't them expanding on that story didn't change the game at all no literally not change didn't change one thing and what we got was one of the most beautiful episodes of the television of all time and they are going to win so many goddamn awards because of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Last of Us keeps on trucking along. A uh, few last things, and then we'll get out of here. Um, worst rom-com of the year is that Aston Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. That is the worst leader for worst movie of the year for me right now. It is so oh. fucking bad. There is I. There is, is no Is it because chemistry. of him? There is no chemistry between either one of them. I'm like, how is this a fucking rom-com? What is this? There is no chemistry. No anything. We just talked about how beautiful Bill and Frank were. Ashton yeah. Kutcher and Reese, like, nothing. I don't know what the fuck this movie was, who it was for. It is dog shit. Maybe maybe the viewers, maybe our ideas of rom-coms have changed. That's why they've been so unsuccessful lately. Like, I, I, the other night I watched You People. Which I enjoyed. You know what? There's some really high. There's some really. There's like two or three really high peaks of the sh of the movie. Yeah. Um, I've been told some of it's problematic. I've been told by other people it's not problematic. Honestly, yeah. the jo the Jonah Hill Lauren London chemistry was kind of bullshit. Yep. But, and I think Jonah. I think honestly, the part of the movie that really put a bad taste in my mouth for the for the most part was actually Jonah Hill's character. Yep. The rest of the movie, I was actually kind of a stand for. Um, it's almost an SNL sketch, some of it, right? Like the the dinner's table scene seems like an SNL sketch, right? Like it was almost like a weird. It's like a parody of "Look Who's Coming to Dinner." Yeah, and and uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus and Eddie are cooking. They're doing good stuff, but then there's they're all doing, this other yeah, stuff. Around. There's the one note David Duchovny joke about exhibit, which is funny. <laughs> it is funny. It was, but funny. it's just like it was there's funny. all these one note things in it a campus yeah. and everything and it was like like when i when i was done with it i'm like i'm pretty sure some of this stuff is problematic i had a few chuckles and i enjoyed it but i'm like i'm pretty sure yes. i didn't enjoy it because of the story it's because i like julie louis dreyfus oh. so much and i love eddie murphy so much that was that was basically it like Duchovny had a great scene with the piano thing yeah uh, i really liked jonah hill's friend and then eddie murphy like the first one or two scenes eddie murphy was in was great like eddie murphy yeah. with his family at brunch before she introduced you know jonah hill to them was great um but then in the second half of the movie i would i have a lot of holes to poke and i think that like mike epps just shows up mike epps was great mike epps great, was freaking awesome um part part of the problem that i have with the show and i can't talk about the race relations stuff like i'm i it's not that's not the point of it uh what bothered me about jonah hill was 
he's a guy who's quote unquote for the culture, but couldn't yeah. talk to two black people dating, you know, his yeah. daughter's parents. He made it like odd, like oddly weird that he couldn't, he couldn't relate to them on any kind of level, which was, which was different. Um, but then the second thing was the Eddie Murphy character being so staunchly, you know, anti-white, which is totally fine. If that's going to be his character, lean into it, but not a single other person in the whole movie pointed out what he was doing until Jonah Hill did it. Like yeah. his daughter didn't do it. His wife was like Nia Long was basically a in cardboard it. cutout of Nia Long. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the really small twists that I would have added to the movie was I would have loved for Lauren London's uh, brother to be like, yo dad, like this guy's actually really cool. Like we've hung out a few times and like, you know, I think he's like really cares about my sister. Like you should give him, you should give him a break, you know, not, and it's not because he's a white boy, but because he's like, you know, he's just a really cool dude. And like, cause the brother wasn't utilized at all. No. And like, even Lauren London wasn't really utilized at all. Like they, had, they were in bed cuddling a few times and that was kind of it. So great, yeah, another... great potential. Good, yeah. good first like half hour, 45 minutes. And after that, I was kind of like, oh, this is bullshit. The Jay-Z and Kanye uh, song uh, skit with Jonah and Eddie is funny. Yeah, it was kind of, it, that, that seems like kind of like an SNL skit too, actually. But again, there's SNL sketches in it. There's stuff I like. And I thought like, Julia, I'm like, okay, she's cooking in this. They got to take her out. Uh, so yeah, but the Aston Kutcher one, if, if your partner, if she watches that, that's okay. the test for me. If she's like, this is fucking dog shit. Cause it's really fucking bad. Is it? I was okay, like, man, Netflix, should you cancel? Like, I know this password sharing thing's happening any moment. If you just want to shut it off right now, cause I'm going to finish it. Oh, while, you're, finish while you're in the middle of watching. That's yeah. Funny. There was a lot of breath of the wild going on. Cause I'm trying to finally finish breath of the wild. So I was like, I'm just going to play breath of the wild when this is going on because this is dog shit. Uh, you, uh, this, this most recent season, uh, look, it, there's a lot of poking holes in it and everything like that, but it's for people that are just like, oh, it's such a bad show. I'm like, yeah, but it's Hallmark Dexter and it's still Hallmark Dexter. There's a little bit of a different twist to it, like an Agatha Christie type of mystery to it. Um, and yeah. I really enjoyed the first five episodes. I watched with my brother-in-law and my sister when they were here from the UK. We had a few soda pops, laughed, called stuff, had a good time with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those are those I love I love doing that with with shows like that. Like it, yeah. you're not really listening to it too hard you're just having fun with it um shrinking which is on apple tv fun show uh has jason siegel it's just weird seeing harrison ford in this apple tv comedy it's still like it's just he's it's just weird it's just so weird to see harrison ford in this basic apple tv comedy every like five minutes i'm like this is weird <laughs> well it's weird because it's almost like the older he gets, the less he acts. Like we know he's grumpy. He's always been grumpy. He's supposed to be grumpy. And then when he is grumpy, I'm like, damn, like at least put a little effort into it. But well, yeah, IMDb, I've watched, I watched like one these... episode of it. Yeah. He has IMDb. He's like five movies. He's just like, fuck it. I'm dying soon. I'm just going to fucking go. I'm not like Jack or Richard Dreyfus. I'm fucking going for it. Yeah. Kind of right. Like, he doesn't really have anything to prove to anybody. So he just no. gets to kind of do whatever he wants. And he's like, Oh, I'm just going to be in the, I'm just going to be in the, uh, the friggin' prequel to Yellowstone. Like, yeah, okay. Be the whatever. president of the MCU, which apparently is what Thunderbolt Ross is going to be in the MCU. So he's going to be the president of the MCU. I'm like, 
He better have a line in Captain America or Thunderbolts where he says, get off my plane. He better fucking say that, Feige. If you don't have that, you fail, Feige. You fail. I know. Well, they they, they did tease the Samuel L. Jackson motherfucker, so we might yeah. get a tease of that. Uh, and then for news, I don't think there's a lot really going on right now. It's just um, Harry Potter. Harry, it's Harry, Harry, Potter Harry Potter stuff, which I'm going to stay clear of because we're having such a very lovely pot, so I'm just going to stay away from that. Uh, but it's but I will... selling. It is selling, it is selling like a motherfucker. Yes, it is. Uh, it speaking is. of games... Uh, Warner yeah, Brothers did their um, their conference call today, and they were talking about stuff and talking about games that were coming out. And like, yeah, we got Suicide Squad confirmed and Mortal Kombat 12, which is confirmed to come out this year. And Ed Boon, like just, just... Ed Boon didn't seem too happy. He's like, well, I guess we found out today that Injustice 3 isn't confirmed. Mm. Whoops. I'm excited. But that means this year, this calendar year, 2023, is the year of ga- of fighting games. We have Street Fighter 6, a new Tekken, and Mortal Kombat yeah. 12. Holy shit. And those are probably yeah, the your... three goats. Oh, those are... Well, maybe... You... I don't know where Virtua Fighter is anymore, but you could... Yeah, basically. That's... Yeah, that's... that's crazy. Evo next year is going to be unhinged. The only, thing that would, the only thing that would make it better would be if they just said Smash, Smash Melee on the, there you go. On the Switch. On the Switch, yeah. But I think we're getting the new one next Christmas, I think. That's my prediction. A new Smash or a new new, new console? New console, yeah. Because this Mario Kart DLC ends in the end of 2023. Right. Uh, and I guess we'll see what happens with... the. They're having a Mario trailer Nintendo Direct on the 9th. Yeah. Some people are like, they're going to announce yeah. Odyssey too. I'm like, I don't think so. I think they're going <sighs> to announce the trailer. <laughs> I think they're going to announce the trailer. I don't know. That's the that's such a tough one. Like, would they smart business would be to announce it co- coinciding, or it'd be this it'd be the trailer for the Mario movie. Yeah, I think they'll do right? Odyssey like, two or whatever. It's it's a, every Mario game is about seven six years after the next Mario yeah. game, um, and it's always like roughly around the the launch of the next console. So yeah, because sixty four. So NES got three. Uh, Super NES got two. If you count Yoshi's Island as a second Mario game, 64 got one, unless you count Paper Mario, but I'm just going no. like normal Mario. It's not games. mainline. It's not mainline, no. GameCube got one, Sunshine. Sunshine. We got two and Switch Galaxy. Has one. Galaxy one. Galaxy two. and All Star. Galaxy one and two, right? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. The it, writing's typically... on the wall. Yeah. Writing's on the wall. Yeah. Uh, Breath of the Wild, really good frustrating as fuck if if you didn't know it was really good it's really good it's really frustrating though well, very it's, frustrating it's, of, it's, super it's also one of your first examples of that type of game too so yeah i've never played a zelda game believe it or not since the original zelda and ness well this game this game was the console for 20 years this game was the first the first of its kind for zelda to be like yeah. that so that's different too because this zelda game is almost more like horizon zero dawn than it is yeah, uh, you know Zelda, like uh, Ocarina of Time. But uh, yeah, as I say, Mortal Kombat 12. I'm super. If I would have known, so I don't know where, but put that on my most anticipated list now. Somewhere you buying a console for it? Yeah, I'm. I, Might I as well. Confirm, yeah. I can confirm independently here. Breaking news on FTN February 23rd. I will be buying a console in April. 
just before Star Wars. It's going down. Meet me in the mall. It's going down. And I won't be buying Madden, even though it's a make-or-break year for Madden. Is that what they said? Yeah, it's a make-or-break year. Every okay, year. Okay, that. Go yeah, play Maximum, get Maximum Football. If you haven't seen Maximum Football, it's free-to-play, which I'm... Those words are a little interesting. A little interesting on the free-to-play words, but uh, you can customize up to 120 teams, deep franchise mode. It runs on the uh, Unreal Engine. Um, it cool. looks great. It has kind of the same game mechanics as the 2K does and fully customizable, so you can make CFL, XFL, whatever kind of teams that you want, NFL teams. Whatever NFL teams. FL teams. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. So, uh, yeah, so uh, we hope to be back next week to give you the first episode of Mando. March is absolutely banana for television and movies and Devin and I schedule. So we will try to our best. But in March alone, we have Last of Us wrapping up. We have Bad Batch wrapping up. We have Mandalorian. We have Ted Lasso. We have Yellow Jackets. We have Succession. We have Creed 3. We have Cocaine Bear. I believe John Wick's at the end of March as well. Or April or early April. one of those two, and then Mario starts off in April. So it's uh it is a crazy time right now. And uh and this comic expo lineup, uh, for those who live in Calgary, I've asked yes, we plan on going. Uh just trying to figure everything out right now, but uh they're going all out on the guest this year. Yes, they are. So thanks everyone for listening. Uh until next time, folks. Cheers. Enjoy the show.